Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor, who will make a mummy out of you, in episode number 393. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. He didn't actually, though, did he? He wrapped him up in bandages. But did he? I thought we were kind of led to believe that the monk was doing that to fool him because the doctor went on holiday. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, know. I thought the doctor actually did somehow actually wrapped him up in bandages and stuffed him in the sarcophagus. Well, yeah. he. <laughs> we didn't see it, but off screen, he attacked the, the, the monk. We don't know that he attacked the monk. The monk told us he attacked him, but the monk is a well-known You hear liar. him attack him. You, you, well, and, and the comic even leads you to believe it, so I'm assuming the scripting kind of did yeah, See, well, the comic so. is what made me think, oh, maybe he didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I think uh, Peter Buttersworth going, no, Doctor, no, no, don't. Yeah. At the end of that episode was enough proof for me that the Doctor overpowered him, wrapped him up, and threw him in a sarcophagus. Which, wow, what a bad aid doctor, <laughs> first doctor. You moment. don't expect the first doctor to do that. <laughs> no, Pertwee, maybe. Did you guys have a good week? Do anything fun? Went to a Royals game. They lost eight to nothing. So <laughs> I don't know how fun it was. That's rough. <laughs> Dollar hot dogs. They were gross. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> but we had a garage sale, so I was off Friday. We had a garage sale Friday and Saturday, which is why last week's episode got out so late. Our apologies. It's Glenn's fault. Oh, Friday was busy. <laughs> Friday we were pretty steady busy, and Sunday or Saturday was really super slow. It's like we closed up at one on Saturday because there's just nobody showing up. We maybe had two dozen people, and that was it. That's good. And then Caitlin's birthday was actually on Thursday, but we celebrated yesterday with my parents, and we got that um, betrayal in the house on Haunted Hill. She oh. got that for her birthday, and we played that on Sunday night. Uh, did you guys watch anything? Mm-mm. You didn't watch anything? No. <laughs> of course, it's only been like four days since we recorded <laughs> last, but I watched um, something, and I can't remember what it was, and I was going to talk about it on the show, and now I can't remember what it was. And so... Was it oh, Delta no, and the Bannerman? No. Because you're kind of doing that thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um no, I, I, it's not important. Never mind. <laughs> you can't just go through okay. all of that. And all right, let me let me go. I'll try to make this condensed version of this because it's really not all that important. But but like, <laughs> I I've been having a lot of trouble sleeping. So what I do is I go to Amazon Prime because they have these really really crappy documentaries <laughs> about UFO sightings or Bigfoot or. In days prophecy or just these because what those do is I can turn them on and they're so mind numbing that I go to sleep. <laughs> so they're they're great. But anyway, so watch this one, which was probably the most outrageous one now that I've watched, and I can't even remember what it's called. The the knowledge of all time, I think. And there's like eight parts. Well, I stumbled across part eight. Anyway, <laughs> it talks about. <laughs> The reason that UFOs visit us so frequently is because they're coming through a stargate that the, the the point is in the sun because the sun is heavy and it sets in a hole in space, so it dents space. So the reason they're able to come through here 
and visit us is because they come through a wormhole in the sun. And that's why there's all the imagery from Egyptian times, which is funny. It ties into this uh, (laughs) this week's episode. So there we go. I have tied it in. Anyway, because of all the, you know, imagery of the sun being God and all this stuff. And it's because these aliens came and visited it. And supposedly the pyramids are the time, are one of the, uh, stargates on earth so that's why there's one there there's one in the uh, inca uh, civilization there's one in the aztec civilization because this is the places they visited and they've been trying to give us warning signs about and they tied everything in they tied they tied the uh the big the glyphs that are uh, carved into the ground in peru uh the east ireland heads the i mean they just they they took it's like they took a ball and they pushed it all together of all of these different things and then they threw it at this episode. So here's the here's the kicker of this. I watch these things to go to sleep, right? At four o'clock in the morning, I'm going, Why did I send watch this whole thing? This was supposed to put me to sleep. <laughs> So yeah, I so think when you it's say this whole thing, you mean you went back and watched episode one No, 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 I didn't seven. go that far. No, but I had started watching it at about, two, I think it's about two hours. This particular part Oh, this eight, chunk was two hours. This particular oh, part eight is two hours. They didn't sell me on anything. It was it was so absurd, some of the things that they were throwing. Now, here's the, th- here's the other thing about it that goes to the flat earthers that we've been talking about all this time. Here's the, here's the catch, too. About 30 minutes into this, they start talking about flat earth and about the flat earth and how it's becoming so, so popular now and 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 i then i'm going oh okay here we go this is the they this is a flat earther group too they they believe in a flat earth and they basically explain how flat earth is becoming very popular they do some explaining about flat earth and 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 what they believe and then he goes and the reason why there are so many people that are and it's becoming such a large phenomenon with people and people are believing it it's because we're dumb. <laughs> and I went, oh, that might have been the first hook. Because then I went, oh. And he said that apparently the narrator of this thing explains that the reason why we're at an end time scenario is because society is dumbing itself down. And they use that as one of the examples. And I thought, aha. So with, with all... I was trying to do the convince. Them. I, didn't expect, well, I didn't expect to answer questions in an essay. <laughs> they, 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 they put forth all this stuff, and I'm sure they do it with, with, with much as much authority as they a, can. Yeah. <laughs> and and the guys that believe all of this stuff is happening are calling the flat earthers dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> not like with the pot calling the kettle black or anything nope, just nope. just straight out it's because we're dumb because they're dumb that's what it says dude. there you have it <laughs> <laughs> the defense <Wow>. rests <laughs> when even the crazies think you're dumb you gotta go well <laughs> so apparently i watched enough for both for all of us this week so <laughs> all right what a what we got in the news this week? Oh, uh, another leak. <laughs> what? There's been another leak. Serial. You, you say that like you're surprised. You're the one that brought it to her. So it appears. Oh, to that be... leak. <laughs> yeah. I thought you. I thought you meant another on top of that one. Oh no, no. <laughs> I thought he was playing dumb. No, like this was the first time I heard of it. I'm really? not a flat earther. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> uh. What leaked, Keith? So suppose, <laughs> I'll set you up. Supposedly, it's the TARDIS interior. I have not seen the picture, and I don't know if it's 
a continuation of the same leak or if it's a brand new leak. But the BBC has got lots of holes. Continue of the same leak. Like if it's more de- more information pulled from the initial leak. Okay, what, wait, 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 what are we qualifying as the initial leak? Well, whatever the first... That clip? Yeah. Oh, no, no. This is supposedly different. Well, it's different material, but if the source is the same, is unclear. No, from what I understand is this particular person was a person that worked on the set that snapped this and in fact he's a friend of the set designer and the set designer is now mad at him so well yeah (laughs) (laughs) mad at them i should say they did not disclose where it was a male or female so no it does not sound like they're connected so So if you don't want to see it and you start to maybe see something on facebook just block it initially that's what i've been doing i've been blocking any and there Posts. have, there have let, been let me a few paint people. you a visual picture here so that know. you know what it looks like. <laughs> there have been a few people that have posted right to Facebook, and I think that's kind of uncool, especially it's when very there's uncool. people that don't want to see it. So I would say refrain from posting. And if you see the, I mean, once it gets into your news feed, though, it's hard to avoid it. I'll tell you that. I do it by staying off Facebook mostly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Or only go to our site. <laughs> right. And don't click on links on our site. I they had a warning well, flag. I, yeah. Know, and and, and, the, and it, the picture was hidden within the link. That's which just was it. Nice. We, were, we were pretty responsible. We went to uh, DrWhoTV.net. Is that net? Or com? Dot .co.uk. That's it. Co.uk. That who had posted a spoiler and hid the, link, hid the actual photo for anybody that didn't want to actually see it. So. And if you didn't get to see it, well, you missed out. Yeah, because you're that, lucky. That original Reddit post was pulled hours later. <laughs> I think you, you. I mean, if somebody wanted to see it, they could be really diligent and do some searching. I'm sure it's all over. Oh the yeah. Now, yeah. So. Which leads me to believe that it was probably real. Oh, I think it's been qualified that it was real. Yeah, I think they've already qualified that. Yeah, I don't think there was some question. I think over the weekend as to whether it was real or not, and I think they have qualified that. Yeah, it was in fact a real set piece. So. I don't like. <laughs> well, another thing Sean doesn't like about <laughs> to be fair, doctor. without describing the image, the image that was posted is not lit, and so it could look a lot better than it did non-lit. Which I think is why the set direct this, this yeah the set director was not happy because oh, yeah. it does not paint that picture in a very good light. So, <laughs> yeah. sorry, literally <laughs> did not mean to go that way. Literally. Anyway, it's it we'll, is. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It we'll is. Here's out. the thing. It is what it is. This is this is the society. This is what we live in now. And there is no going back. Pandora's box has been opened. There is no fixing this. People have to expect they're going to be spoiled one way or another. You can do all you want to avoid it, and I encourage you to do it if you're trying to avoid them. But you have to understand that this is the world we live in, whether we like it or not. This is the world we live in. What I think is really interesting is the role reversal. Because last time I was the one crying foul about, I don't want to (laughs) know. I'm sticking my head in the sand for the next three months so I don't find out anything about anything. And you were like, oh, it's going to happen. And Glenn gave almost verbatim. (laughs) Because I always do. That that spiel. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm the one going, did you see the leak? (laughs) And you're going, no, I don't want to know. What? <laughs> I finally come on board with something, and you're like, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm off the spoiler train. 
I never wanted to get on the spoiler train. <laughs> well, then stop I'm climbing the one, aboard. I'm the one that said last time this happened, I felt like I was being spoiled because of the podcast. <laughs> that because of the very nature that we were going to talk about this stuff, I kind of had to be in the know of it. Oh, That's we don't talk more spoilers, about the official though. stuff. We don't talk spoilers. We talk spoilers. You were talking official, official stuff, stuff then. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't want to know that either. Well, that's different. Yeah, Official is completely different from leaks. Eh. I've never sought out leaks. I'm going to have, you know, I, you're absolutely right. He has never sought out leaks. On the other hand, the official stuff are on the borderline of spoiling things for people as <laughs> well, well. So we after went through last that whole, yeah, season, we went through that yeah. whole thing last John season. Sim's going to be in. <laughs> Why would you tell me that? Did you see he's returning this season? No, I didn't. That's <laughs> because I'm making it up. All right. Because <laughs> we don't talk about spoilers. What else is in the news, Keith? Well, Lethbridge Stewart has announced their first book of the new series, The Laughing Gnome, and it's called Scary Monsters. You mean candy jar books? Yes. Scary <laughs> jar. Okay. Yes. Lethbridge Stewart, written by... The series. Yes. The series, yes. Written by Simon A. Forward. Set in 1981, so it's a slightly older brig. <laughs> Quite a bit older, Brig. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, I think I have to take exception with slightly older. <laughs> it's battle. It's what the little before or after battlefield? What year? Eighty-one. It's a uh, teaching. Brig. Teaching brig. So, yeah. uh, not battlefield. It'd be Modwin. Modwin, Modwin yes, brig. Yes. But he gets the time travel. So, spoilers. And an absolutely gorgeous cover. Yeah, it is a very. Oh, I love the new artwork. I think they look terrific. I love them. Yeah. I I, again, this is one of those when they said, "Oh, we're 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 updating the artwork," and I no, (laughs) because I I like the and then I saw it and I went, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's cool." I like new phase, new look. I like that. I think that's a that's a good tactic to take with a a book series, especially. So, and the cover art is done by a Titan Comics artist. So a little nice little cross pollinating there. It's a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it. Uh, me too. Me too. It also it forms something of a sequel to Blood of Atlantis. So you have to read the book to find out how and why. We were kind of spoiled on some characters that are returning, and we're <laughs> excited. Of course, the, the press release spoils that, too. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. Well, we were told a few weeks back, yes. actually, before yes. the press release came out. So, so that's cool. Have, it's good to have insider knowledge. Yes, it is. <laughs> And our final bit of news, Big Finish is celebrating 20 years of audio adventures with a couple of box sets, one including the Seventh Doctor New Adventures, which features Yasmin Bannerman playing Roz Forrester and Travis Oliver playing Chris Quigg. I'm not sure how you... I don't know any of those names. Me neither. (laughs) So they are returning to... Or they're oh I'm sorry, they are Virgin Books, New Adventures oh. companions. Now if I if I understand how wait what were the names again? Roz and oh, Chris. Roz and Chris. Okay, I got you. Yeah, they were in uh, Downtime or so, not Downtime Shakedown that I wrote. So these yes, are I the new new adventures. I do remember. And, and if, if I understand this correctly, it's what they're doing is they are doing audio in the style of the New Adventures, the new adventures books, but they're but not actually new. adapting yeah. the New gotcha. Adventures so books. These are continuations of the New Adventures. Right. Very cool. I'm excited for that. That's coming out in November. And there's also going to be some Fourth Doctor stories called the Comic Strip 
Adaptations, which is going to come in March of next year, and they will feature Beep the Meep. <laughs> <laughs> is that from Legion? Uh, uh, the Dave Gibbons collection. Yeah, what's it called? Iron the, Legion. Iron, Iron Legion. Legion. Iron is what it is, yeah. I almost said Legion of Doom. <laughs> Well, no. That's another comic. <laughs> that's, thing. that's a whole other. Although the Iron yeah, Legion's a Meep, comic thing. Meep too, was this so. little like, um, oh, malicious kind of not malicious. He was more well, he was malicious, but he was. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't Nobody read can him. help me. Anyway, he had these little pointy ears, and he kind of had like a uh, kind of a rodent face to him. It was round, and hmm. uh, I think if I'm remembering this, these right, it's been a while since I've read him. Um, malicious? No. What mischievous. For? Mischievous. That's the word. I knew somebody would land on it eventually. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. I knew. I just wasn't going to help. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Having way too much Let fun watching flounder. you flounder. <laughs> so, these it's, this is going to be a two-story adaptation, both adapted by Alan Barnes, and it's going to be a five-disc CD box set. So these are going to be long stories. Well, the Iron <laughs> Legion was a long story arc in the uh, comic books, so there's probably a lot to get in there. So It's going to be Doctor Who and the Iron Legion and Doctor Who and the Star Beast. Oh, yeah. More okay. naming conventions that, that Sean doesn't uh, like. That's, that uh, <laughs> followed up the Iron Legion story arc, so yeah, they're going right along. And in fairness, now, I've never completely read both of those stories, but I've read bits and pieces of both of those stories. And they, th- these are going to have to just, just kind of as a fair warning for anybody who hasn't been invested in that. It's a, um, it's definitely a sidestep. It's not, uh, even though it's, it's Tom and it's a comic story there. Well, both of these are kind of sidesteps yeah, 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 for that's new, too. new adventures and the Iron Legion. This is a, um, I don't, I don't know, think a, a cider step. Think, it's, it's a parallel well, universe doctor almost. <laughs> I would disagree. I think, well, of course, I'm the guy that wants everything to fit in the all, all the same world. But I kind of felt that the, I mean, less so than the New Adventures. I thought the, I thought the David Gibbons stuff. I think it worked within. Doctor Iron Legion Who. works better than the um, Star Beast. Star Beast, but uh, I is, suppose it depends on how they handle it too. Is it along the Frobisher lines of not quite? No, no, it, it's not quite a TV comic. First Doctor. It's not that side. Oh, yeah. No, they're not that far out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. First and Second Doctor. But um, I'd say somewhere between... I think you could... I, I don't know. I read them, and I thought you could make them work within the universe. Yeah, well, I mean... They just aren't... I mean, you'd have to find slivers within Tom's run for them to have happened, but I think they... they I, I, I don't... Because he's companionless, right? No, he... Well, he ends up with a companion. Um, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh... She's a, uh, um, well, she, I think she's of African descent. Anyway, she was, she's black. But I think that's the Star Beast one. I don't think that he came, he met up with her until Star Maybe Beast. the end of Iron Legion, but yeah, I don't remember for yeah. sure. Um, they haven't announced who's going to play her. So. He kind of tagged along, she kind of tagged along with him for a while. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not TV action comic. It's not Peter Cushing. Off. <laughs> no. It's it's still Doctor Who, but it's just that's it, about as far off as you can get. You're just really covering your bases there. Well, it's not uh, Peter Cushing. Well, you know, it, 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 it's off in that sense that you know the Doctor does run an orphanage, so it's a little different than what you would expect. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
I'm excited for that stuff. That's good. I'm excited. So is it like I may have to go back and read the? Uh, story is it like arts. original? Well, I think Marvel? we may have to pair those up. Oh, that we fun. should do. Yeah. yeah. Is it like original Star Wars Marvel comics? That's, I don't, it's not even that. Not even it's that not far even off. That far. Well, the thing is, though, it's well here. <laughs> no, it's in the same vein of that. Well, yeah, because it's the same time frame. That's just that's just it. These comics were coming out soon after, not long after. The the, the fourth Doctor was on screen. Same thing with the Star Wars comics is Marvel decided to embellish the universe a bit. And so they took off in their own direction. And then what happened was later on, they suddenly don't fit in the EU because they went a whole different direction. I think it's mildly the same in this vein that the comics were kind of doing their own thing. And they were expanding the adventures of the Doctor as the TV series was kind of narrowing the scope. And so it, it kind of gets convoluted in that way, but not... Not so much that they don't work within the universe of Doctor Who, whereas Star Wars really doesn't. In, in, a, work in a show anymore. that has destroyed the Earth with solar flares three different times, it's yeah, you can wedge it in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you can always make it work. Cool. Anything else? That's it in the news. Well, let's move on to feedback. This week's feedback comes from Holly. Holly writes, "The end block of the Daleks' master plan." Hey guys, the rap of this story was good. Master Chen and the meddler have done what damage they could and managed to get away pretty much unscathed. Overall, a very good story. Looking forward to your thoughts on the last few parts of this. Holly from Wisconsin. Very good. Thanks, Thanks Holly. Holly. Uh, the monk got away pretty much unscathed. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say Mavic Chen got away very pretty much unscathed. <laughs> hmm... Any other feedback? That's it. Keith, where can they send it if they want to send us? Well, some? you can send it directly to feedback at com, or if you're on our website listening to the show, you can just click on the Send Us Feedback tab and fill out the form there, or you can reach out to us on any form of social media. If you happen to be on Facebook and you go to our page, you can click email and we'll do the whole thing there. While you're on our page, uh, consider supporting us as a patron on uh, Patreon. Um, you can go to our uh, page and click on the Become a Patron link. I'll take you right there. And thank you to those who are continuing to uh, support us on Patreon. All right. Should we move on to our review? Let's. Cool. Golden Death. The Doctor, Stephen, and Sarah travel to ancient Egypt, pursued by both the Daleks and the Medley Monk. <laughs> <laughs> so the first of the Egypt stories, I was really struggling. When there, or is that is that the... We started. There, there these were, were two, the, right? Yeah. yeah. This was the. There were two in Egypt, two on Kimball. 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 There Kimble. wasn't a lot of like dialogue. It seemed like it was mostly a silent. The, there was the a lot of action, especially when the Daleks are slaughtering the Egyptians. And I, for some reason, I felt I was really struggling keeping my focus with it. I mean, it's already difficult because it's a recon, but just. But you were watching the recon uh, or the recon? Pardon me. A recon? Uh, yeah. I didn't have any problem with it. I didn't have any problem with it. I don't know know why. Of course, I haven't really had much problem with any of the recons so far this time. Yeah, this one for some reason didn't hold my attention. But then when we flip back over to... They they made up for it with the live-action segment of Egypt, which is probably, and this is going to sound really strange in a a Dalek-centric story, this was probably the strongest standalone segment of the entire thing. 
The two uh, Egyptian parts or just the one? The, 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 the second half of the Egyptian part for, for me. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's standalone. Well, you, know, you, you, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, I kind of needed the pre- previous part. The, the, the individual yeah. episode was was one of the best things of this whole run. I loved the second half of it. I thought it was visually striking. I thought they did an amazing job making me believe that, wow, that looks like ancient Egypt. I know it's a backlot set somewhere that... You know, that background's not actually there, but it doesn't matter. They did a really good job. I thought the Dalek operators did a fantastic job moving through debris until they couldn't. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> where they, you, but they, then they use that to the no. Egyptians' advantage, which yeah. was really clever. Things that we've never seen before, at least I've never seen before done. In the, and I was like, no, especially really up to this cool. point. I especially also, up to this point, yeah. Uh, I also want to throw a shout out. I, I've seen people that, that give Hartnell props for being good looking. And I, I, I don't mean to take anything away from him. I've never felt that. I've never thought Hartnell struck particularly. He's the doctor. He's the grandfather figure to me. He's never been a. What sites do you visit? <laughs> no, you don't want to know. I've never heard anybody say never, that. They're always Bill posting Hartnell pictures of, of young Bill Hartnell going, "Oh, look how handsome the doctor is," and that case. And I've just, I've never, I've never gone into. You that. still saw old Bill. Hartnell. I still old Bill Hartnell, regardless of what it was. But the hat. When he wears the white fedora and he runs around, this guy is... I think it's Panama, isn't it? Well, Panama, whatever it is. Uh, th- yeah, I get it now. Th- this, is, this is... No. I, <laughs> this is taking get a your weird, mind out of the gutter. This is look taking a Glenn's weird turn. Face. This, to, I think, is honestly the strongest I've seen Bill Hartnell his portrayal of the Doctor. There was something about when he put the hat on. Right, you're getting there. Suddenly he became... <laughs> Much more man of action, much more convinced okay, of, you're his, there. Of, right. of his There is a lot more glimpses of the man to, he becomes. I had to wait yeah. around there for a while, though. You come out of the gate with a review of this thing as, Bill Hartnell's really not all that bad looking. <laughs> well, he's not. <laughs> he, he, he cut quite a striking figure in that hat. And I, uh, I really the, couldn't get into listening to him, but when I got to watch him in action, boy, howdy. The other thing that surprised me is, I think I've only ever seen one photo of him in the hat. Like, ever. And I've never seen any live-action footage from this episode. How is that possible? <laughs> that we have such a limited run of stuff anyway. How is it that I've never seen well, clips you, from this? You, you admitted a few weeks ago you hadn't broke open your own no, I lost the time box. <laughs> First thing I did when I got my lost in time box, said, oh, Doctor Who that's lost here. I'm going to watch this. Still hoping they animate him. <laughs> Oh, I think I, I they they so need to animate all of these parts. I think it would I think it would sell. I think it would do well. Yeah, it's the entire series is good. It's solid Doctor Who, especially from the era that it comes from. And we'll get into it a little bit more. There are some clunkers. There are some pad filling. There is some things that are that I personally would have done differently if I was doing it. But overall, it's a very strong story. It's a very strong story arc, and there's a lot of things. And I think what it benefits from is. Terry Nation writing part of it and David uh, Dennis Spooner writing part of it. Even though Terry Nation gets credit for an idea, yeah. uh, Dennis Spooner kind of gives it a fresh spin and gives us something different and new and, and doesn't feel retread, which I think Terry Nation could have gone into that trap of really kind of giving us some stuff that had come before because we already know that he's very much done that in the past where right. he'll kind of retread ideas. I don't think he retreaded anything in the first part of this, but there was a chance that it could have happened. And by Dennis Spooner taking over halfway through, I think that really good, you know, gave it some uh, freshness that I think the story 
it probably benefited from. I agree with that because I, 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 I do think he, he plagiarized himself a little bit. I, I think he stole from the chase, and uh, um, well, I think we well, talked certainly about from himself. Yeah, well, we <laughs> yeah, there were a couple yeah. of episodes that felt repeated. You but. even pointed out that the the, the, the concepting of how the stories, uh, at least blocked out, is even similar to uh, Marinus. Marinus. So, but yeah, I do. I agree with you that I think Spooner kind of gave it the lift that it needed, so that we didn't get really bogged down in a twelve-part yeah. Terry Nation extravaganza. <clears throat> The thing about the Egyptian two-parter... Was I saying Terry Nation or was I ter- saying Terrence... You said Terry Nation. Okay. You said right. Terry Nation. <laughs> I, had just, I had this moment of, wait, did I say his name? <laughs> the other Terry. We know. <laughs> We're talking Daleks. It's that one. Yes. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing about the Egyptian two-parter is we actually have a story set in Egypt... And the Egypt is overshadowed by Daleks and a ty- and the meddling monk. I know. <laughs> How is there not a full length Doctor Who story set in Egypt other than Big Finish? That got that got me too. I was like, just the production value alone was fantastic enough. They easily could do a story similar. Not even, it doesn't have to be similar to the Aztecs, but it could be that tonally we, of the Aztecs. We, 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 you we, can't change the history of. And it turns out the doctor was the cause of the pyramids or something. You when know? when I mean, you think of Egypt and you think of all of the backstory of Egypt, when you think of Ra and the sun gods, when you think of mummies, when you think of cursed tombs, this is Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. This is fertile ground for Doctor Even Who. Even before you introduce those sirens. <laughs> yeah. How have we not on done the, this? On the other hand, I quite enjoyed Egypt just being a backdrop for this story. I really did. Yeah. I, I see where you guys are coming from, and I think it, yeah, surprising that they haven't gone down that road. And it's not a statement on these two episodes. Right. It's more a statement it's on the show a, in general. Wow, yeah. why has that yeah. happened? Yeah. yeah. Well, because, it, and maybe it would have had they not gotten away from doing the That's more yeah. uh, historic pieces that, that they set out to do originally and, and really didn't do well on some of them, and some they did fine. Right. Um, maybe that would have come about, but... Uh, I, I think it serves well as a backdrop, especially since we could have ended up, and, and not to mention, we could have ended up putting them in another jungle, in another planet somewhere, and re, kind of retread some of those the same. Is yeah, the variety is great to put them down in, in Egypt, you know, just after the pyramids have been built. Um, our primitives are ancient Egyptians as opposed to, you know, any other uh, society or organization or a society or a anthropological uh uh, uh, civilization, so I think it works well as the backdrop, especially with you know the. <laughs> what I really liked about it is the head guy. Instead of being like oh these big you know iron machines that throw fire, are going to overpower us. Oh quick run for the hills. They're very much you know gung ho. We you know attack. We got, we've got to save the the uh, tomb we've got to save the treasures that are getting ready to be sealed in the tomb pretty much get defeated your first wave of guys gets defeated and you kind of retreat but you just you're waiting for the other guy to run off and get the reinforcements you know and so for them not to be the oh uh, you know running scared to be you know ready to stand and fight i thought that was kind of a a, a, easily could have been a runaway runaway yeah (laughs) and it wasn't so i kind of like that and it was nice that we got not so much a team up between the doctor and the natives, but 
just we didn't fall into that trap of oh we've been captured by whatever indigenous species is here and then we have yeah. to go and oh the Daleks are coming was a Dalek well it's a you know well it's almost like the doctor inadvertently uses the Egyptians in order to help rescue uh, Stephen and Sarah they he he doesn't make any sort of you know plan with them he doesn't meet up with them and say you know can peace we wanted you to help me we can vanquish these there's no contact whatsoever with the doctor but the doctor uses the situation he knows how they're going to respond yeah exactly he knows how they're going to respond so he uses utilizes that situation in order in the chaos unfortunately i don't i get the impression that he didn't intend to hand over the terranium core to mavic chim because he does make the the point i think he would have done anything, I think, to get Sarah and Stephen back, and I think that was where they were going. But mm-hmm. I think ultimately he thought maybe he could also he could get best of both worlds. He could get them and maintain the core. And I think the comic goes even more so to explaining that within the chaos he lost it. It wasn't necessarily that he handed it to Mavic Chin and ran off like he kind of seems to do yeah. in the um, in the uh, TV uh, episode. But uh, yeah, no, I. I and the one strange thing for me about that in the TV episode is that he he's really, I am now giving the cylinder to Mavic, and it almost sounds like he's setting it up because he knows that they are out there waiting to attack, yeah. and that I will give you the signal. <laughs> are you listening? Because I'm doing this now. See, I didn't. But even he get, never made that. Yeah, that I didn't plot, even get so. that. Yeah, I didn't even get that impression. I although maybe he was alerting them that they that they were distracted, but I don't think he ever made you know some sort of. Uh, contact with the egyptians in order to yeah. set up some sort of plan I, I going back to what i think you were trying to drive to earlier i really really like this first doctor in, in these stories especially from this point on because mm-hmm. he really does feel more man of action uh we talked about at the beginning of the con- we joked a little bit about the beginning of the podcast but i think he really you know when the, when the monk is trying to get into his tardis <laughs> And the Doctor all along, that's another thing I liked about both of these stories is the Doctor all along is one step ahead of everybody. Yeah. In fact, for the most, for almost all the rest of this, even though he does go on vacation uh, holiday for one episode later on, um, he's he's really one step ahead of everybody the whole time. And I really liked that about the Doctor because it's not something you see with the first Doctor very often. A lot of times the first Doctor is very reactive. Mm-hmm. And he often fails the first few times in order to get a footing, in order to get the advantage. And I think in this one, from these stories on, he really feels like he's a step ahead, and he really feels more doctor-like. He feels when I say that, I mean he feels more like the doctor we're more familiar with from mm-hmm. from uh, recent days. And so I, I liked that. I don't want the doctor to be, you know, in in, in infallible. Yeah. But I want, uh, you know, I want the doctor to be the smartest guy in the room. And I think that these paint the first doctor in that light. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really quite enjoyed that. I would agree. And I really enjoyed the interplay with the meddling monk the entire time. The basic trolling that the first doctor does to him of changing the TARDIS and always being one step ahead of the monk, knowing what he's going to do. It was just fantastic and such a delight to watch. And the, I mean, the monk is great period, but even his uh, uh, stuff with Sarah and Steven, when (laughs) he's turned them over and ratted them out and then kind of got brought along. So they're on the ship and and he's playing this. Oh, you didn't, 
my performance was that good? You believed me? No. You're welcome for saving your life. You know, no, I, <laughs> knew, I knew I had to fool the Daleks, but I thought for sure you would see it right through it. And Sarah going, because she doesn't know him. Oh, well, maybe. And Stephen's over here going, <laughs> no. throwing up his hands. <laughs> Just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I really liked these episodes. They're quite good. So we get away from uh, the, the Daleks once again, although Mavic Chin and the Daleks now have the uh, Terranium Core. I like the fact that the cliffhanger, I thought, for for these two stories, particularly with the Egypt stories, w- was great because the Doctor has lost the Terranium Core, but he has stolen the directional circuit for the TARDIS, which they are in need of because his is broke. His has not been working. And right. So they've been just popping here and there. So he realizes that he can use this in order to get them back to Kimball. Putting it in explaining, though, that, well, you know, that's a Mark IV. This is a Type 40. It may actually fry the center. He may says that, you know, one thing, it'll, it'll, it'll either A, work, or B, it'll fry the uh, the console here. And to, to do it and say, you know, they kind of have this conversation, well, you know, what what other choice do we have? Um, so they go ahead and say, okay, well, we'll try it. They try it, and then it, it flashes, and it looks like the console's exploding, and then they that's it. They cut to, they cut the scene, and I was like, whoa. You know, the first time I was like, that, that was really good. What's going to happen? Did he, and obviously, he didn't find the console. I've seen right. more Doctor Who, but <laughs> what what are they going to do next? And I think that's a really good cliffhanger moment. How are they going to catch up yeah, to the, doc- how are they gonna the Daleks now? now? To turn around and do what I think sometimes we have uh, – kind of frowned upon is the easy resolution of the uh of the cliffhanger but i think it works here because it totally you're, works you're here. still very quite surprised because they're they're you know the doctor's like well it, that what happened well i thought what happened happened luckily you know the the tardis console has a mechanism in, in order to uh protect itself it drove all the energy back into the circuit and fried it out and them thinking well, what are we going to do next? Well, we probably could go see if we could try to steal the monks, thinking they're still on in Egypt. Yeah. They think they're still there, only to bring the scanner up and realize that the directional circuit did work briefly and managed to get them to land before it fried out. And so I thought that was kind of a neat revelation on the front side of a story where you're like, oh, wow, it did work. You know? <laughs> so I thought that was really cleverly done. And then it led to that wonderful exchange of him accusing Sarah of not believing that it would work. Yeah. And, and her, which which he was, was who said he was no. the one. Yeah. And then which was Stephen, just so wonderful. Stephen's just so casually saying, "Well, you know, when you get to know the doctor, you'll understand." <laughs> the man is impossible. You're catching on. <laughs> <laughs> and then the doctor goes on holiday. <laughs> yeah, that was you know, and quite abruptly, and without explanation, just whoosh gone. He gets lost and in the jungle. That's all you need. We've lost him. Well, you don't Let's get the impression they got he must have been captured. He just—they got lost from he, him. They got lost because he. You get the impression from the final episode that he had found the underground base because he was mm-hmm. already in there when they get captured. So you get the impression that's where he's been the whole time. Is he searched, found the underground base, infiltrated it, went in. Um, the first time that I watched this, I there was the. the the doctor being missing was a huge noticeable thing to me, even though I had seen stories where they had written the doctor out of an episode because he was in Spain. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Cause William, William Hartnell had gone to Spain for, for holiday. Um, 
And it was yeah. really super obvious. But the, the interesting thing is the more times I see it, maybe it's because I, I've i grown to love Sarah and, and Stephen's characters more and their interaction. I don't I didn't notice it near as much this time. The episode seemed to really kind of fly by without me going, oh, uh, the doctor has been gone for a long time, whereas I have done that in the past. So did you guys feel that, that the doctor was very noticeably gone or was it different for you? Uh, because they kind of called attention to it a little bit of them trying constantly trying to find the doctor. It didn't bother me at all. I was all right with it. It bothered me once they called it out. I was kind of the reverse. Like he just had disappeared and I was like, well, what happened to the doctor? And then they kept looking for the doctor and couldn't find him. And we get to the abandoned city and nobody's around and they keep commenting, well, what happened to the doctor? And I'm like, well, he's got to be on holiday at this point because he's been gone for more than 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it, it did bother me. But then reading the comic and knowing that he was going to be gone it felt more organic. It, it felt, I, I don't know if it's just because I expected it like you or if it was the slightly reworked. Well, um, it could be my being okay with it could be because I was that far into the audio by the time I actually watched the episode. So I had some uh, overlap. Yeah. So I knew he was going to disappear. So I, I was all right with you it by the time I watched it. it. Yeah. So in I, all three cases, then it was on the second go around technically yeah yeah it depends on the yeah i think um what what i like about it is that they do call attention to it and i think because they do a really good job of not that they're giving sarah and steven something to do without giving sarah and steven something to do and by that i mean they're looking for the doctor and it really works really well with the fact that they think that mavic chin probably has him Mavic Chim thinks that the doctors abandoned them and they're looking for, they'll they'll be looking for a new leader and so right. he uses that to his advantage and so I think it plays into the plot very well that the doctor missing is really kind of the caveat for the delegates being released and the uh, uh Sarah and and Stephen releasing the delegates. I mean it it really kind of works organically in the sense that they go there and they say, where's the doctor? You Do you have him? He must be with you. And Mavic Chin's saying, well, obviously, you know, the the, the doctor has gone off and made a deal with the Daleks. You know, yeah. so they're both playing that. And I think it re- it works really good organically for him not to be there, but still have a presence in the conversation of <laughs> what's going on. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about Mavic Chin. Because... <laughs> I don't understand how the Daleks being these lumps of wood and plastic can emote. (laughs) But Dalek Supreme emotes. (laughs) And every time it swivels the eye stock around, it looks at Mavic Chin. It is with this barely contained sense of loathing and this unspoken, I'm going to kill you, but not yet. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I loved it. I just loved everything about their weird... And maybe that's more of a, 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 a stance on... Um, what's the actor's name? Kevin Stoney. Kevin Stoney. Kevin Stoney. Maybe it's more a stance on his acting ability that he's able to pull that out and, and kind of react to that in that way. But I... I the um... Well, the best part of, the, I think, this story is Mavic Chin and the Delegates and the Daleks and the Daleks turning on all of them and locking them in the dungeon for them. 
to be be destroyed when the time destructor goes off. On top of that, the uh, Mavic Chen's descent into madness. Oh, I think is like so well yeah. done here. So yeah. well done because he's he's not. I don't think he's mad when he starts out. Oh, I think he is mad. Well, maybe but I think bit, it's subtle. It's, yeah, I think it's very subtle, and I think it's done well to a crescendo by the end of the story. And, and as it goes on, and he gets further and further closer gone. to power. And closer to power and gets more obsessed with holding on to that power. And he turns on the delegates. And that tirade he gives. Man, that is a heck of an acting performance. We are all equal. Some of us are more equal. <laughs> Some of us more equal than others. But then when he when he gets betrayed and thrown in with them, He's he's not cognitive of his position. No, yeah. he, no, he still is lording over them in the holding cell. Going, you don't get it. I am I am in charge. <laughs> this is this is not even a setback. This is just, and and they're looking at him like we're going to kill you right now. We're not going to wait. <laughs> oh wait, somebody's at the door. Can we get out? And he sneaks away because he's a perfect villain because he he does that. Well, I, I love ship. that he he sabotages his own ship and blows it up so that that they think that he's dead, only to show up at the end of the episode and capture Sarah and, and uh, Stephen. I thought was wow. Yeah, but the the exchange with the Dalek in particular, what was what was the line you had um, for potential open about failure will be or insolence will be met with the one penalty and oh with uh, only one reward only one reward right. click and nothing happens <laughs> well he he shoots the gun I, I i misremember that the gun actually goes off and there's a shot but it has no effect on the dog yeah dog right. supreme is like <laughs> but he but he didn't he didn't shoot dog supreme because well, in that, that other one it was. was in that setup yeah. that that's the other thing that i thought was very cool the the gall of the man to think that he's he's still looking for power and leadership and thinks that the, the Emperor Dalek is going to give it to him. He thinks he has constructed a deal with the Emperor or with the Dalek Supreme, excuse me, with the Dalek Supreme to have power equal to Dalek Supreme over the other Daleks. And he 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 tells Dalek Supreme, you know, uh, you know, make have them, you know, give me my power and have them, you know be subservient to me and then, and that, he, then he has the goal to say well i will take the silence for uh <laughs> that you've d- d- relayed the order and then going over to the dalek and 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 uh ordering it and it not obeying and then you know shooting it and then it not working mm-hmm. and then <laughs> get it meeting his man <laughs> because is it at that point that he runs screaming from the room yelling he does uh, not invincible, but uh, I'm I'm immortal. I'm immortal. Yeah. yeah. As he runs screaming from the room, I'm immortal, <laughs> dude. You are cracked. That's that, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's that, when he that, fully that, snaps. That, it's yeah. that that terrific terrific crescendo up to that point where he has completely snapped. Now that is it. He is cracked. Because that's the only possible. I mean, what in what in your history uh, so far with these episodes has made you believe that you're immortal? We've, <laughs> we've not seen any evidence of this. Granted, you have been hanging out with Daleks and have not wound up crispy yet, but <laughs> I, I think your little performance in there has now assured that you well, are right. on the menu. The 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 his rise to power, and I think even before he making a deal with the. Uh, 
the conference and the Daleks. I think you know his rise to power obviously had something to do with him developing this god complex. And I think at the very beginning of this, we're we're told how revered he is mm-hmm. by his by the citizens of uh, the solar system, and how you know there's even the two people, the, the gal that wants to see his speech before he takes off on his leisure cruise, you know, and the one guy kind of ribbing her for it, but also showing a little bit of reverence to him, you know, as well. So he's obviously developed a god complex because of that and then wanting to grab more power and then through the event you know through the the course of these stories of what's happened just completely elevating that god complex to the point where you know i'm immortal you know it's just to get to that point i think it's crafted really well now i'm really curious and this is one of the few times where i, I would have loved to have a, you know a prequel or something was Mavic Chin, do we think, like, was there a war early that he was, like, the ender <laughs> that saved all of humanity and mm-hmm. the solar Gave him system? Gave a bit of a savior. Uh, uh, the, you know, and that's why element. he's now in charge of the Space Force. That's why he's Guardian of the Galaxy, because he yeah, did all how, this. How did he get that title? You know, when he was a young man, and he was very charismatic, but he, he shied away from public office because, no, I don't want that. I just will do my job. And then the more he did it and the more loved he was because he was humble, the more he thought, yeah, I deserve it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I, just, I, I Yeah, somebody do that because I really want to know more. When you almost don't need it because you do, you can just fill it in yourself because of his performance. Yeah, I think so too. And what little nuggets they do give you. I'd still watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's Kevin Stone. So the doctor's plan is to go ahead and activate the time destructor. Yeah, Whew. which was that's a, where things take a turn. It was an interesting <laughs> thing, and it, it took me a few times of going through this. I never really could the first time understand why he set it up. Why? He, why? Why would you? The the thing that you're trying to keep the Daleks from doing or getting, you've used it as a last ditch doomsday device to 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 to, to start it. And I thought. That's you've been trying not to. Do. Well, and it knowing, wasn't in, knowing that he sent Sarah, thinking he sent Sarah and Stephen to the well, TARDIS. So no, no, was, that, that, that I'm not talking about a safety thing. I'm talking about no. I mean, it's so knowing his companions are safe, he's sacrificing himself to destroy the see, planet even, and the Daleks. I don't even think it's so much that because I think the, the my point is. It seems like this device, you don't want the Daleks starting it or all of time is going to be destroyed. That was my problem oh, with it. Oh, yeah. They never really define right. what the they time don't define, But did. I think that what they did this time, at least for me, was the, the Daleks were going to use it as their ace in the hole. They were going to put it on the lead ship in the invasion and they were going to have it on board and use it as a... A device to say, if you don't uh, mm-hmm. be subservient to us, we will detonate this device. We will start that device. And I think that was kind of the intent for it was uh, more of a threatening tool than anything. So that they don't expect that, that they would ever need to really use it. They probably would because they're Daleks. If they had, if it came, push came to shove, they would oh, use yeah. it. But I also think that it, it, it must work on a varying scale as well because the doctor at one point says, I have it set on a low level. Right. So it's at least contained to a certain area, and he knew that that was going to be the case. I, 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 I kind of disagree. I think all the way up to that moment, we've all been led to believe that this is bad. 
We, we've spent 11 episodes trying to make sure they don't get this thing turned on. Right. So and why, then the why, doctor goes and turns it on. And it's like, what? That was my point. The first time that I watched it, I was like, what? Why and, wouldn't he just remove the core? Yeah. And, and, even, and even up through the episode, well, because then he's in the same boat where the Daleks are just going to chase him. Chase him and threaten yeah. him to put it back. But even through the episode, I, wasn't, I was still a little fuzzy on what it did. Reading the comic, as I interpret it, the the fact that the doctor says, I've it's I've activated it, but it's 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 running, but it's very slow. I I think by putting this in the lead ship, and I could be wrong, but I think by putting this thing in the lead ship is is it's not a bomb, is it's more of a directionalized um, time ray, and the Daleks pull up and flip it on at full power, and it accelerates time all at once for the entire planet, and everybody's dead, and then they turn it off. And they're like, okay, you're going to surrender now, right? And it's kind of what I the impression. The fact that I the doctor, they never they never they, they never say had, that. So. Had they had they given me the impression that it they were that it was a device to be used in a weapon, not as a weapon. You know other what I other mean? than the title, I never got the impression that it would destroy all of time though either, because they were tried to. Use what it. part of the time destructor does not say destruction? But of they time. tried to use it on one dude. Yeah. Oh, they were going to use it. They tested it. They were going to use in that room. Yeah. So right. just That's testing it would destroy I, all of it. You're time. right. I had I had a, I had forgotten about that. And That's we know a good the point. The, the Daleks are homicidal, but I don't think they're that homicidal. Like even even Davros. They're homicidal, with, but they're not, they're suicidal. not suicidal. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Even Davros with the reality bomb. We're going to hole up in this part and be safe, right? Right. So that we'll be the only ones left. But, you know, the, the, they it doesn't it doesn't help them any to actually destroy all sure, of time sure. because they yeah. go with it. So by the doctor turning it on, knowing that he's activated it, maybe at full power, but at this very slow setting, so it is affecting everything. Yeah, because the doctor says he can accelerate it. Well, that. Uh, you guys are hitting on exactly what I've come to right. now. Yeah, you, I think you it, was the, to, it was yeah, the doctor's you're, plan you're, all along to burn out the core. Yeah, you're certainly right. And I think that's what I finally came to after a few times watching this was uh, realizing that, yeah, the doctor knew the capacity and power of this thing and what it could do. And I, th- I certainly think you're right. Although I think that the, the Daleks in that sense that they were if they were going to use it, would have to, like you said, turn it on full power and turn it off because if the terranium core is going to burn out that quickly, he must have done something to it in order right. to make sure it it oh it was an yeah. overdrive so that it would burn out. Although the doctor also gives the indication that he's going to start this thing and they're going to escape to the TARDIS where he can neutralize it, and then he suddenly doesn't have to do anything. But he also puts out there that you know once the thing, at least it's telegraphed to us that once the terranium core burns out the thing will stop and maybe right. because it's and not, that's what had to happen yeah maybe yeah. it's not designed to unleash that wave that slowly so it's up here at full power but it's only getting this much out and it causes a feedback loop that burns it out faster i don't know the sci-fi fan in me would have liked yeah a little, a little more. more yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, i agree that I explains agree. what this is the rest of me is like realistically this is just yet another dollar but super weapon i it's get the impression at least a good chunk of the planet was affected by oh yeah it. if and, not the entire planet and if not the entire planet. what a what an impressive way to go with a story especially back then where sarah ditches stephen who the doctor has sent off to make sure that they're safe and i think the doctor i think this is this is kind of retconning it now retroactively um 
explaining it now, but I think the doctor knew because we still don't know that much about the doctor. Now, first of all, we don't know that he can regenerate this time if we're coming at it from point A. And but I think now the doctor knew that he would be able to. And I think that explains it goes far enough to explain why he survived and Sarah didn't. Mm -hmm. Sarah has a natural aging process of a human. And so she obviously accelerated faster. The doctor has a much slower acceleration process of aging. And that's why he survives. The weird thing about that is that's they would never have known that back when they wrote these stories. So there's really no explanation for why Sarah ends up becoming a skeleton and the doctor doesn't. Now, the cool thing about the comic book is the comic book goes one step closer and it starts to age uh, Stephen as he comes out and the doctor goes into the the regeneration. Yeah. Yeah, he looks more aged in that. But he goes into the regeneration, and you see the little the regeneration cycle starting, and so and then is actually thwarted once he gets him inside the, the TARDIS. But yeah, uh, that was neat too. Well, which and, I think the maybe the, that Stephen, the writer of the uh, comic book that adapted the comic must have kind of went along that lines too, as of why the Doctor was able to right. Start. And I think Stephen they they added that little embellishment right at the right time because Stephen then reversed it, so that kept him from it fully going into right, the regeneration right. well which then, not it, just the tardis i don't going think into the tardis I, I think the tardis reverses the effects because steven didn't do anything steven flipped a switch and they say yeah you reverse the time destructor because it starts going backwards oh in the comic in both from what i remember oh, i, didn't I don't get remember that. that yeah i did get that I, I thought it was kind of the same thing. and i wondered if they were again not something that has really would have been thought about at the time, but you know, would they have brought out? Well, it's because the TARDIS is in a state of grace that once he gets it inside, that it's not going to affect anything. Or well, that's the impression I got, and or, I thought that closing the door. I thought he just flipped the switch to close the door, and that's what stopped the acceleration within the TARDIS. No, because in the because uh, the time disruptor was still outside and still operating when the Daleks rolled right, up. Right, because they had right. to wait because it, it started going. Uh, this is part of the, also I. From the audio, they explain. Although you know they what, flip, he flips this. He tries flipping it off and winds up flipping it in reverse, and then they go inside. You know what? Now that you say that, the doctor orders Stephen to go back and get the, and he says something ready, and so he must have. That must have been why he originally sent him back to do whatever he's going to do here. That right. does reverse. Yeah, it. I guess it yeah. wasn't in the comic, but it was in the audio that they talk about how he flipped a switch to reverse the time destructor. And okay, that's why. It so was, apparently, that's the, why they're primordial ooze. The uh, oh, not prim- uh, what they call it, um, embryonic. Uh, yeah, state the an Daleks. embryo of the doll because they are in the TV series. They don't even tackle that in the uh, comic. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and they're so, just dust. At the yeah, comic. So that's and that's why they're embryonic. And I remember the the little uh, scrolling uh, info text across the bottom of the recon saying that they were embryonic. They'd reduced their embryonic states. Yeah, that's interesting. That the episode was apparently vague enough that the audio went one direction with it, and the comic <laughs> took a completely different and yet similar yeah. Yeah. take on how it ended. Right. Well, I'm sure the audio too worked from original shooting scripts too, so we yeah. had a little more embellishment on it. So. Yeah. No, I loved the regeneration hands. That was the, that was the <laughs> that best was cool. moment. And again, from a point of hindsight. Well, and even to the point that the doctor and Stephen go out with, they've kind of you know looking over what has happened, what has transgressed, and the doctor is very much you know we've well we we've saved one planet. Oh yeah. And Stephen kind of 
turns and snaps at him about, you know, <laughs> how many people have but died. Brett and Sarah and Katarina. And the doctor says, I know. <laughs> and so I, that was really a powerful moment, I thought, because it goes back to that particular story this year when the boy gets sucked under the ice and Bill's having a real tough time with yeah. that. And the doctor seems very nonchalant about it. And it's the fact that he's he's just seen that and, and and you have to continue, you have to keep going forward. And this really kind of harkens back to that. This it's almost a a mirror of mm-hmm. the two where the, the the way that the doctor's reacting is, well, here's what we did. He's looking for the positive and Stephen's dwelling on the, 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 the loss, but the doctor gives a little bit of I know, which is more of the sympathy of, you know, I I understand what you're feeling and I thought that was kind of cool. Again, kind of retroactively. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Sarah. Oh, poor Sarah. It was noble for her to come back, especially when oh, yeah. she doesn't know the doctor that well. She's at least gotten to trust him well enough, gotten to uh, become close enough to him to go back. To believe in him. Yeah, to believe in him, yes, and go back for him, uh, even though Stevens, you know, says he can take care of himself. The doctor says, go, you go. I was um, really a little shocked. I've seen the last image, not knowing that this was it, of mm-hmm. really dead, dead Sarah away yeah. in the, in the, in the ground with the, the hand exchange. Um, but um, to see it, even even in retcon or, or, or loose cannon magic, where it was kind of dissolved, 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 dissolved to that image... Um, you can only imagine what it was like in actual oh, moving pictures. It, it, it's horrifying. It, it's very. Mary Whitehouse would have had a heyday. I know, right? <laughs> I, I kind of thought that. It's like, whoa, because um, it's. I mean, the, no companion death is necessarily ever a good ending. But, but that is a seems a like bad especially death. horrific. Yeah, ending. That's a bad death, and uh, I was really kind of almost taken aback at how graphic it was for mm-hmm. the show at the time and I thought that was particularly bold to, oh, yeah. to show it yeah. um, even though I mean maybe she hadn't reached favored nation status yet was being it's not like we killed off Sarah Jane in that manner yeah right? but still right. just to kill off any character any character being killed off in that manner isn't very common for this yeah let alone a recurring character and someone that potentially could have been a companion had she signed a contract until Tom Baker's there when they do it for laughs so yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, that was powerful. Um, I liked Sarah. I don't know that. I don't know that I fell in love with her as a companion right away. I think there was still her, her interplay with Stephen was really good, and her interplay with the Doctor was really good. Had this had a different ending, and she decided she wasn't going to travel with them, that she was going to stay behind and help rebuild the. The, the space security force I'd have been okay with it yeah. <laughs> just like okay we'll see you later <laughs> which means we won't but thanks for yeah. your help <laughs> if she had become a full-time companion I would have been interested to see where they may have gone with that and maybe I'd have liked her better it's not that I didn't like her I just I did you know I mean I'm always going oh I was another future companion that didn't make it I didn't feel that way about yeah Sarah, yeah so. Sarah yeah. Kingdom for me is one of those parts that's fascinating me because I think she's very much different than 
than your typical companion. And I think that I, I, I too kind of felt like I don't think it would have served any uh, they could have made it work, but I don't think it would have served anything to have her go on as a as a companion of the doctor. And especially because I, I, I'm kind of like you, if she had survived, I would have almost rather her said, you know, I'm going to go back and, and clear clear things up, put the record straight, explain what Mavic Chin's done here. And, you know, because uh, as far as we know, <laughs> Mavic Chin still revered on Earth, revered on Earth, yeah. is been, you know, lost and and probably his legacy will be that he died trying to stop the Daleks because there's nobody left to explain what happened. Right. Uh, on the other hand, everybody thinks he's on a leisure cruise, so <laughs> <laughs> at least the public does. The people within the government, he's been back a couple of times. Yeah. But, and, and and even more interesting, would she let that legacy stand? Well, if she went back, yeah. Then, mm-hmm. Would she just say, and "We're just going to"? She would have to go up be. against. Uh, uh, Mr. Clean, because he's still yeah. back there. He, then, yeah. You know, there was no demise for him, and he would have been the next uh, in charge uh, behind Mavic Chin. Chin had they had their plan to team with the Daleks gone the way they thought it was going to go, he was going to be second in power. Right. We don't know what his station is in the government now. He may be elevated up to Guardian <laughs> of the Galaxy, and he has the same. And ambitions as uh, Mavic Chin did. So, well, what happens is uh, he never gets over the fact that he's not that person; that he doesn't get to be second in command. So he develops his own time machine, but it doesn't quite work. The two guys that were in the science they they, they threw him back in time, in addition to another planet, <laughs> and he becomes Niter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. All right, Sean. What are we gonna come on? I believe it's the same kind. Of. <laughs> I, th- I think overall for the story, oh, sorry. As as much as I enjoyed the the entire ride of all twelve episodes, you really could cut out the fat and make it a four part story, all on Kimball, all and it still would have been a very fast paced, very action packed four part story. I think you, yeah, I think you couldn't do more than four parts, and I I I, I don't know. I would have probably got tired of one location although we've had four part stories that have been compelling in one one, one place considering it's the because there isn't a lot there isn't that much character or overall Dalek plot exploration in some of these stories by condensing it you could have easily made a four part compelling one location story but still twelve part for being twelve parts it was a lot more fun than you would expect for mm. you know even the padding it's is a lot a, more fun than the war machines let's put it that way well yeah war machines is a good story don't get me wrong but it's a lot more fun because war it's not as much war games war games i'm sorry the war games oh i don't know about that yeah no it's it's a lot more fun <laughs> than the war games probably because we don't do a lot of spinning of the wheels that we that do that's the, the not, that's the nice thing about this while there is a lot of padding and a lot of excess to it it's not repetitive. Yeah. It's changing constantly, so it makes it seem different until you kind of stop and look at it from a macro view of, oh, wait, no, well, it's kind of, you know, go here, escape, run away, run away, run away, and as opposed to capture, escape. I, I do feel it was, um, it was repetitive and um, the, 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 a lot of padding. I mean, it, it's, it's an L. Ron Hubbard you know, he, it's still better than crossing that chasm in the first Dalek story. 
I'd take 12 minutes of 12 episodes of this over that 12 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I read it. I don't remember the name of it now, but it was it was billed as the L. Ron Hubbard Decology. That was 10 books that were going to be this big epic story. And I read the first one and got so disgusted that I never even bothered to continue on because it's like there was about 20 pages worth of story here. And you embellished and embellished and embellished and embellished and embellished and put so much crap padding in it to make it a 10 book series. I, I, I don't have any. I'm done. You know, That's why they only did one movie. <laughs> that, one, that one I liked, but um, yeah, I don't think but, this is that bad. It's, it's not no, that bad, and and uh, mainly because yes, it's padded, and yes, it's 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 repetitive in that reverting to type that we're capture and escape or capture and flee. Um, not even capture, flee just and chase. Flee. Yeah, but um, the characters and the situations that are within that repetitive construct are entertaining enough that yes, mm-hmm. I think it does elevate it up. Unlike the war games, where I do enjoy the characters and I do enjoy the the situations, it's very obvious that it's okay. Well, we're back exactly where we started in the same situation three episodes ago. The same people are still involved. The same, nothing has advanced. This one, at least, we lose Brett, we gain Sarah. We, yeah. you know, there there is some change to the status quo as as it goes along. So. I suppose in that regard, yeah, I do have to put it above War Games. Um, but War Games has Patrick Fountain. So. But War Games does have Patrick Fountain. So. <laughs> but in this one, Hartnell's wearing the hat. In only one episode. Well, that's two. Two episodes. That's, two that's, episodes. that's, that's, that's still potent. <laughs> that's All right. a potent hat. That's Sean, potent what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up next week on the schedule, we return to the lands of Big Finish. Uh, with, uh, what is it, Mainline Story number 106, The Dark Husband. And then, if you are following along at home, you want to start reading, because our episode 395 will have our reviews of Lethbridge Stewart, The Lost Skin, by friend of the show, Andy Frankham Allen. And we will finally be getting around to the short story from the Lethbridge Stewart quiz book. Now, we had already reviewed and and talked about the quiz book, but there is a short at uh, at the end of it. And we will give it a, a proper review uh, paired up with uh, Lost Skin. Cool. And I have not put anything else on the schedule as of yet, so more will be coming It'll be a surprise. Soon. All right. Well, don't forget you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts uh, to listen uh, listen to us on the Google Play Store. You're also available on, we're also available on Stitcher. I'll get through this. Well, you can also listen to us on <laughs> TuneIn and Player FM. And I think that's all I have this week. I have one other note that uh, now that it's official is that uh, if you happen to be in the Topeka area, the uh, TopCon um, uh, Geek Expo is coming up uh, the weekend of September 15th and 16th, and uh, you can see us there on the 15th in a panel at 10 a.m. So we are, we're, we're, we're the leadoffs. We get to be first Ooh, out of the box. 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. Oh, I didn't know that. We're yeah. canceling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if that's going to do it for this time. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.